What's up, guys? John Sintes here, Cutter Nation podcast number 23. I got an awesome guy. We've gone live a couple times. Zach Dials over here in Virginia of the bullpen pitching page as well as the bullpen over in Virginia. First of all, don't forget, go check out my online store. Links in my bio. You can get my Long Toss Legend shirt, some of my awesome hats, any of my gear. You can also get my J-Bands, tap-weighted balls. I got some new stuff coming out. I got discount codes, all kinds of stuff on my website. I've got my blog. Links in my bio on Instagram or you can check on here. But without further ado, my man, Zach, what's up, brother? How you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. It's it's good to be it's good to be moving, man. It's good to be getting things going on. How's things over there in Virginia? Is it still cold or what? No, it's uh, like 90 today. So it's uh it's toasty. It's toasty, right on. Okay, so you and I did a uh, live share recently, and you had a lot of good positive stuff. So did I, talking about back leg and all kinds of different pitching philosophies and stuff. But first, I want to jump into your playing career. Obviously, you're wearing some uh, Kentucky blue there. Uh, tell us a little bit about your history and, and where you played. Yeah, um, I uh, was a JUCO guy out of high school. Went to John A. Logan in Southern Illinois, and then after two years there, I transferred into Kentucky played there a year and uh, got drafted by the Blue Jays, uh, played for them uh, like four years and then uh, was released, uh, signed a few days later by the Nats, played for them the rest of the year, became a free agent, signed with the Marlins, uh, but I did not make it out of spring training, got cut on the last day um, after tearing my labrum and trying to uh, suck it up. So ever yeah, since then... Yeah, ever since I retired, you know, and stopped playing, I've been uh, running the bullpen and, you know, and trying to make this place, uh, you know, an awesome place to get better. And you're at that facility. Uh, I, You know, we did a little tour of it last time. I really like how you have it set up. You've got like, you know, it's kind of a new, newer style thing that you see at driveline and stuff where it's kind of like a, I don't know, even know what you call it, but I would call it like a quarter bullpen maybe. You know, they have quarter cages, but like quarter bullpens where you got like a little bit of a, a net, a, a target, and then somewhere to get your throws in. And I really think that the style that you have going over there is definitely going to be a model that's really taken over around, you know, the around the world, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like to do a lot of uh, real, like, long-distance throwing or, like, full bullpens. I mean, most of my guys are getting plenty enough work, you know, at their high schools or, or whatever this time of year. Um, so we do, you know, 90% of our work short distance, you know, we focus more on what the body is doing and how to kind of feel the body as opposed to the end result. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, man. I, I really like that. I, I kind of get along with the same thing and just have a different facility that I kind of do stuff at. So would you say, so at your, at your facility, we were talking about like a lot of people are going to see this that, that may not be familiar with our live and what we did, but Take us through your your business and, and everything that you offer. Uh, yeah, um, so I offer, um, you know, really aggressive uh, strength training. So uh, we kind of do uh, some Olympic lifting and uh, CrossFit style uh, training, but with baseball in mind. So, you know, we stay away from a lot of things that uh, make guys susceptible to injury, especially overhead throwers. Um, focus a lot on mobility and and just being able to overall be you know a better athlete I mean um, you know so that's a really big component to what we do 
Um, and then I also do, you know, all the uh, mechanical work and the drill stuff that I do with guys. I also have a training room uh, in the back of the facility where guys can do like their their prehab um, and post throwing arm care stuff like that. So, so you're kind of a full service uh, range pitching bullpen, uh, which I think is amazing, man. So what in in your uh, in your training right there? You said you went into some CrossFit stuff, and that's like a that's like a trigger word for for a lot of baseball players and stuff. And and you you had told me before that you had cross you you competed. I think you competed, right? Yep. Yeah. So you you're very yeah. familiar mm. with the weight training and the stuff like that. So you said <laughs> Olympic style lifting and stuff. So are you when are you starting to have your athletes uh, start training uh, Olympic style lifting and and what age range do you work in? Uh, we start, I mean, we start as early as our youngest guy. I mean, I have, uh, a couple eight year olds. Um, you know, most of my younger players are like that nine to 12 range. Um, you know, and obviously it's more of a, a base thing, uh, where they're just learning like, um, you know, and obviously instead of having like a bar and doing a clean, they're doing it with like a light med ball or something like that. And just beginning to learn how to move properly and, you know, just externally rotate as they squat, make sure they're, you know, driving those hips back, um, you know, just having better posture. So create that groundwork uh, for the future as they get older and start kind of getting under the bar. So it just depends on age. It depends on ability. You know, there's some guys, even some of the high school guys that I won't even let them touch certain movements because um, it just is not good enough and there's too much risk there and they've got to learn how to control their body better. So. Yeah, I think I think risk management is definitely an undervalued process in the development of, of young athletes and, and especially with baseball players, because the really, you know, I don't really know another sport that reaches out as much as baseball players for trying to, like, get an edge of training or information or, or, or stuff from there. You just constantly see debates on this and that and styles. But, you know, mainly when you, if you were to go over to football, there's pretty much certain technique to tackle and do this and that. There's a certain technique to shoot a basketball. There's, you know, a couple different techniques to uh, swing a golf club, but everything's kind of generally the same. And I think that's one, one thing that makes this game probably the greatest game is you've got opinions of, of all ranges of people. And, and it's, it's very fun to sit back and just watch the, uh, the storm of information kind of take over. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's so many different ways you can attack things. Um, You know, just like, I mean, a lot of people would probably completely disagree with the fact that I like to use like the CrossFit style stuff um, for my training. But you know what? We're I think we're really good at it Um, and we're good at critiquing these guys, you know, before the winter even starts. You know, we go through like a testing phase um, and I watch how they move through certain uh, movements. And if it's not good, then they're not allowed to do. Uh, those higher level movements until they can start to move properly. So I think there has to be, you know, that individualized approach, at least in that sense. But, you know, I just, I just prefer that style because you get a lot done in a short amount of time. And, you know, you don't have a lot of, you don't have a lot of time to waste as a, as a high school kid. I mean, you've got a thousand days or something, you know, like 1200 days or something like that from the time you're a freshman to senior. It's like, what are you going to do with those days? You know, it's like, we can't be messing around. Uh, we got to get you committed and move on. So, yeah, so that, and we talked about that before. That's one of your main driving goals. Um, And that's actually something I find interesting because you don't see a lot of guys 
creating goals like that. Like I see a lot of people training and trying to become good pitchers, but you don't see that next level thinking of like, where are you trying to go with this? What are you trying to do with this level of training and do stuff? I was even a little guilty of that growing up where I wanted to go play at a particular school. It was a big time D1 in Florida, Florida State actually. And then looking at how I was attacking my recruiting, my training, everything from there, I thought they were just going to come out and find me because that's what I was told. So I just made sure that I threw, I ran, I did everything right. And then, you know, in the long run, I ended up trying to reach out to them to try to see if I could play for them. And it was just far too late in their whole thing. And then I, I found out I had a buddy of mine who walked on two years before that and like four years of him playing at that school. He had like eight innings. And I just found out I just found that very like off putting because I wanted to pitch there. I wanted to play there. I didn't want to go there and be a cheerleader for the other guys, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have to talk to all my guys about that all the time. Um, you know, and they set these lofty goals, which I love because you have to, um, there really is no gray area. I don't think with this whole process and it's like, you either do it or you don't, you know, it's like you either push yourself really hard or you don't do it at all. You know, and, and that's the way I kind of take everything in life and my personality. Um, but I, I find it funny, you know, a lot of these guys are like, yeah, I, I only want to go to D1, you know, and they have that ego and it's like, Okay, there's uh, there's a million schools out there, every single level of NCA, NAIA schools, you know, JUCO stuff like that. That would beat the crap out of a lot of big, you know, D1 schools. And you know, it's like I've I've trained kids who are at big D1 schools out of high school that have literally not been off the bench more than ten times in in three years. And it's like. You know, no matter how much you play in games, you're going to do the same amount of work as everybody else, and you're gonna have to suck it up and get it all done for what? You know, it's like, you know, it's like you if you're going to one of those big schools, you better really be ready to go. You know? Yeah, I agree. I I think that the a little bit more goal oriented focus on things that are gonna help guys understand, like, okay. It, Okay, I'm going to sidebar real quick because the goal-oriented thing is very important for the big picture stuff. But I want to attack something that I've I've been preaching, and I want to get your opinion on this because I think even you can even break it down to goals per year, but really following like the the success, the process. You can you can almost break it down and look at the guys who are big time D1 draftees and look at their numbers, their accolades, their awards, the things that they've done and be like, okay, if you go out and you're the leader in innings and leader in strikeouts in your conference, there's a big chance that you're going to be looked at, especially at a JUCO guy to get to a big time D1. Is that, is that something that you find is, is similar? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a great way for guys if they have those big aspirations of playing somewhere, uh, you know, big, like I did, um, I, I absolutely was not ready for it out of high school. Um, and you know, I needed those two years of competing at a high level junior college to really, um, set myself up to have opportunities to play in the SEC, which is my ultimate goal. Um, you know, but, I just I was realistic about things and still ended up going to a school that was ultra talented. I got to play for two years and, and then develop and grow and, and then move on. So, um, so you were a yeah, Juco guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the most underutilized ways to continue not only playing, but also to reach a higher goal if you have one.
I was a JUCO guy too. JUCO is where it's at, man. If you want to play baseball and like, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I was not a great student. I did not put a lot into it in high school. I was pretty lazy. And the only thing I really cared about was baseball. So um, JUCO was probably a good move for me. Uh, I need to grow up a little bit and start to realize if I had higher goals, I need to step it up, you know, and, and I did. So, yeah, and JUCO will definitely take that. I went, I played in the Panhandle Conference, which actually feeds the SEC. Uh, I played uh, at Pensacola Junior College, which plays Chipola, which is like one of the mecca, you know, oh, yeah. middle of middle of nowhere schools. I don't know. What JUCO did you go to? Uh, it's John A. Logan. It's in Southern Illinois. Um, so, you know, we have, uh, I can't, what, it's the uh, GRE, the Great Rivers Athletic Conference. So, it's like Wabash Valley College and a, solid I mean, a couple conference. other guys. Yeah, through that. yeah, yeah, they're all pretty good. Yeah, right on. So, that's, I mean, it sounds like we're on the same page. Let's go over some of the kind of, things that you want to preach as far as when you're helping pitchers trying to develop and stuff you say you like to attack and really see what their strength and their ability level is I'm kind of the same way when trying to evaluate guys let's say you got your average high school guy what are you really going to look for first second third to try to improve or find out deficiencies from there um I mean when I when I first meet a guy and I'm going through my assessment with him um, the biggest thing is I just kind of use, you know, my eyes. I don't use a camera or anything, and I just watch how his body moves. I watch how he warms up, and I, I watch how he gets into certain positions through the warm-up and, and just to see if he's, like, aware of what his body's doing to see if he's a good athlete and those things. Um, you know, and then secondly, once I've seen him throw a handful of pitches off the mound and just kind of take my own uh, assessment with it, I'll put him on slow-mo camera. Uh, and we'll go through step-by-step, step, go through his delivery and find any inefficiencies that he might have or, you know, those big red flags that uh, are hindering performance. And then we'll see where his velocity is at and just kind of start, you know, formulating an attack plan to fix any of those, uh, you know, big mechanical issues that he has. <clears throat> All right. So, yeah, yeah I'm kind of the, the same way. With with the I I yo I play catch with the guy and then try to move him over to like a try to make sure they get to 100% shuffle fire so I can really see how they're moving from different angles and then I actually show them in video like and most of the guys that I've seen you know they see themselves hitting in slow motion but they rarely see themselves throwing or pitching in slow motion it's almost like a light bulb goes off like why haven't I done this before you know. Oh yeah, I know, and it's weird too because it's like, I mean, I don't know how old are you. You're younger. You're you're a younger guy than me. How old are you? I'm 32, dog. Oh dang, we're the same age. Oh, <laughs> dude, we're both old guys. Oh, dang. All right. Well, I know I didn't have a a phone, you know, in high school, and I certainly didn't have anything that had a slow motion camera on it, you know. And it's like, man, these kids nowadays have so many resources, and like you're saying, you know, it's like they are not using them, you know. It's like. It's not that hard to sit there and record yourself for a couple of pitches at home and look at it and be like, hmm, why don't I look like this guy or something, you know? Or just Yeah, exactly. My, that's one of my favorite things, too, is like when parents send me videos of the guy throwing and stuff like that, and they think that I want to see the side angle, and I'm like, okay, you know, I understand what we're working on. I can see a couple of things, but I have no idea where that ball went. How am I supposed to know whether he did it right or wrong? Because I think one of the easiest things for a young guy to be able to tell – 
whether they're doing something right or wrong is one, does it feel good? And two, did the ball go where you wanted it to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it obviously has to be execution at the end of the delivery, you know, and it's like, I'm really, really like, uh, mechanically focused. Uh, and there's some really big things that I really want my guys to get to that I know will allow them to throw better, uh, if they can, you know, do a better job with it. But, um, you know, I mean, no matter what you look like, you have to be able to execute, you know, and be able to command the ball and uh, attack hitters. I mean, there's just no way around that. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, everybody has compensation, no matter how, how pretty their mechanics are or how strong they are. There's compensation for everyone, especially, you know, baseball players who are very uh, asymmetrical, um, you know, unbalanced guys. Uh, and I mean, heck, you look like Chris Sale or something like that. It's like, I mean, if he, if he walked into my facility, you know, and I didn't know who he was, I'd be like, holy crap, man, we got to change your mechanics. Like, you're a mess. <laughs> but then you go watch him just like deal. And that's obviously, you know, he's a, he's a really great compensator and he's figured out how to throw at an extremely high level and very, very well for a long time. So, for sure. He's, he, he's a guy that played at um, Florida Gulf Coast. And um, I was at, actually honored to, to meet that coach. And, I had a question for him about that. I said, did he always throw like that? And he came out and said, yeah, he, when he, when we recruited him, we talked about like his arm motion and everything. And even as a young kid, he said, listen, my favorite guy to watch pitch ever was Randy Johnson. And I emulated a lot of my throwing style after Randy Johnson. And I don't want to change my arm path or my, my throwing motion too much. And so they really yeah. just focused on his long toss and his strengthening and uh, and his nutrition. I think he was a little underweight, but he also grew again in college. And a lot of kids that are late bloomers, I was a late bloomer. I think I, I didn't even start putting on real weight until my the end of my freshman year. I, I, th I think I finally broke 200. You know, I, I walk, I, I graduated high school at like 6'1", like 170, you know, but I just didn't know. I had no idea I should have been crushing steak and living in the weight room, you know, and then a year, a full year later, you know, I'm 200, 6'3". So. A lot bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was actually, I was actually told in high school to stay away from weights because it makes you tight. And, dude, you know. me too. Me too. I was told, oh, bro, you're, you're bringing up just horror stories. Me and my dad. I remember going to the Florida State baseball camp, like, because that's what I thought. My parents, that's all we had. Like, we had no facilities, no trainers, nothing. So, like, in the summer, that's what you do. You'd go to the camp. It'd be like a week-long camp. You'd work on all your stuff. And then I would go there, and they'd be like, all right, you got to get stronger. And you got to, you know, do your bands, do your arm work, but try not to get too big because, you know, you can get hurt. And then I would – and then I remember going to uh, – my uncle lives in Tennessee, and he one, one Christmas he brought me up there, and I that's all they talked about. Like, we did all – we barely did any pitching mechanics, and they just had us work out for, like, three days. And I remember being like – wait, I don't understand. Like these guys are saying <laughs> to not work out that these guys are saying to work out, you know, it's, it's so crazy how the, everything changes and, you know, and the information is different. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like in high school, I used to go, like I'd get done with a start and go out and run. Literally I'd go run five miles after every single start. Uh, because you know, they were like, Oh yeah, you need to get a flush. So I was like, okay, well I'll get a real good flush. And I'm going to go crazy because, again, that's my personality. 
Um, and then I do all this like body weight movement, but that was the only like strength training I did. I mean, I was a, a pretty strong kid. I did a lot of like hard labor jobs growing up as a kid. Um, so I was functionally strong, but you know, if I could go back and talk to myself, I, I you know, I graduated high school, I think at six foot, maybe six one and 160 pounds. Right. Yeah. Um, and I would be all over myself to, you know, start crushing calories and go lift like a madman. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, but I think I put on 20 pounds my first year of college and then another like 15 the next year and then another 10 or 15 my junior year. So, yeah, it took yeah, a while. So, yeah. So would you attribute that more to eating and maturity or working out and sleeping more? Um, I didn't sleep that much. That's for sure. Uh, so I definitely I think it was I think it was just physical maturity and lifting. Um because, I mean, I didn't really do a great job with my diet either uh, through college. I mean, I just kind of ate whatever. Um, and uh, I, I think it was just actually getting in the weight room for the first time and starting to push a little bit there and, and just, like I said, being more physically mature. Yeah, I, I think that's a big wake-up call for a lot of guys that get out of, out of mom and dad's house get in the freshman year, got to figure out, okay, how does this oven work? I got to make myself some chicken tenders or am I just going to microwave them again and taste rubber, put them in a, put them in a paper towel and eat them on the way to class or whatever I'm going to do, you know, <laughs> just and that whole figuring out how to be an adult or just like a, just a functioning member of society is like a whole world of thing. And I, you know, my parents were, were fortunate enough to be like, look, you're going to go over here. You're going to get an apartment. And I was able to go like three weeks early and then my dad, my mom and dad just be like, all right, sink or swim. Here you go. Figure it out. Like figure out how to eat yeah. and be, a, you know, you've never done this before where you've just been by yourself and you got to figure it out. You got to go grocery shop. And I think that was like, I'm going to, I'm going to use that on my kids. Like instead of going the day of like, we're going to go like two, three weeks early and you can figure out, see if you can figure out how to survive. And that like gave me a nice little like barrier where I had to start thinking for myself, but I had the time to not have you know you know how the juco schedule goes we had 6 30 weights we had 8 a.m class we had mandatory lunch at 12 30 practice started at 1 30 like you you there was zero time like you you would leave at 6 30 in the morning and then you would come back at roughly 8 30 at night and then still have to do some form of school or whatever to try to survive yeah i hear you i mean you know, I was pretty self-sufficient growing up. My parents made sure that, you know, I was uh, doing a lot on my own, but I still did not do a good job uh, eating. I mean, I, I know there's plenty of times where I ate like cereal for dinner and stuff because I was just lazy and I was just like, you know, I didn't really honestly understand the importance of, uh, you know, food. And, um, you know, now I look back and I'm like, God, it's like, I'm, you know, it's like nowadays, it's like I'm taking care of my kids in the morning. You know, and then I come here all night and I still get to like take care of my whole entire family being an adult. And it's like, man, if I could go back and talk to myself, I'd just be like, dude, you're so freaking lazy. Like <laughs> get in the kitchen, make yourself some food, you know, put on some masks. You know, not that hard. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love to eat when I was younger, but it was definitely a struggle. Like I couldn't just waking up and go and like trying to eat breakfast and go to school was just a struggle the whole time, you know, like. And I get it. I feel for the kids, you know, and I, I try to fight that fight every day on the kids that I know that are serious that I'm like, look, you have to just crush steak, please. Just like 
put yourself <laughs> steak in your lunch and just eat as much steak as you can so we can get as big and fat. Like if they would have told me if I would have eaten more and worked out more that I would have grown faster in less time, it would have sped up my development. I would have been obsessed about it. But people didn't explain it to me. They just said, oh, you need to eat. You need to work out. And like I never got real reasons why. And I'm more of a why kind of guy. And I think that's where yeah. why I like doing what I'm doing now because if something comes out like we see on, you know, the, with the power of the internet these days, like if somebody does something that's different, it's going to, everybody's going to find out about it in about a month. I think like there was a guy, I'm not sure if you saw online, there's a doctor that put out like the 90 mile per hour formula. Let me see if I can find it. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Like what? I think it was like, um, do you, do you remember what it was? I'm pretty sure it was like deadlift 400. Um, oh, here we go. Let me see if I can find wasn't it real quick. That, wasn't that Driveline or did it, did Driveline like just repost it? No, I, I don't, I'm not sure if Driveline reposted or not, but this guy. I, I know they came out with one where it was like 400-pound deadlift and it was like uh, strict pull-ups and a couple other things. And you got to be yeah. able to hit those marks. So, yeah, it was 400-pound deadlift, chin-up 250 pounds, reverse lunge, bar uh, body weight for bar on the bar, 10 reps, long toss 300 feet body weight and height in inches yeah so i mean those are big time goals for some stuff right there and i think i honestly kind of like that basis because if you understand what that is that you don't just work on just those exercises like all of those things are basically a big picture idea of other things that have to get there you know like you can't just start off throwing her feet. You got to work your way into it. You know, you can't squat or you can't deadlift 400 pounds. You can't reverse lunge your body weight, you know, uh, to start. Yeah. So it kind of gives you a goal to, to work up to some stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think those are good metrics for um, pretty much most of the population. You know, I mean, obviously there's like, I mean, you know, playing, you know, college professional baseball, it's like, there's those freak guys where I know they probably wouldn't hit any single one of those metrics other than maybe the 300, you know, foot throw, but they get on the bump and just, you know, pound 92, 93 of guys all day long. You know what I mean? But it's like, they can't even squat their freaking body weight, um, you know, or, you know, do one pull up. Yeah. Oh, I'm the other day. I, I, it's just something I don't even, it doesn't hit me to do a pull up. And I was in the middle of like, I've been doing a lot of like squat deadlift, uh, in, and in the same day, just saw someone online, wanted to try it, like how my body's responding and like, just happened to look up in the rack and be like, huh, let me see how many pull ups I can do. And I did like six. And I was like, I don't think I've done six ever in a row. Like, I'm not quite sure what's going on. And I, I think, you know, just my general body composition of things getting stronger, focusing a little bit more on, cause I'm not a big lat pull down guy. I'm not sure if you are either, but every time I do lat pull downs, I feel a little bit more tightness in the shoulders and stuff. Um, not quite sure why, but just something that happens whenever I get heavy going onto it. I just notice that the shoulder gets a little more tired and, and bogged down. So I'm a little bit more into the heavy rows rather than the lat pull down, but just, just throwing that out there, like, you know, you, you just don't see those kind of training methods anymore. It's like, how many pull-ups can you do? What do you, you know, you just don't see that online or what people are working on. Yeah, I actually use a lot of those, uh, you know, metrics to test the guys. Um, and we, we do a ton of pull-ups, actually. 
But we also make sure that we do a lot of mobility work. So, you know, they do a lot of, like, foam rolling in their lats and, you know, around their shoulders and stuff like that just to make sure they don't create restriction. Um, but my, you know, my big thing is, is, like, you have to be an athlete. You have to be strong. I mean, there's no way around that. Um, if you're weak uh, or you don't have functional strength, you're going to get hurt, you know, uh, as a baseball player. I mean, you might get hurt anyway, but at least we want to – have as small a chance, as slim a chance to get hurt as possible. So uh, I just try to pack on the pounds for the guys in the winter and turn them into beasts. Can you say that there's a direct correlation between your your heavier guys and your stronger guys for their health in their body? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my, my tall, string bean, you know, skinny guys, um, those guys are – a lot of those guys are kind of like hypermobile and they can get to a lot of really great positions in their delivery, but a lot of them have trouble maintaining velocity uh, through an entire start or, um, you know, there's a little bit more susceptible to some, you know, injuries, I think, um, you know, obviously if you're more, uh, I mean, the better athlete you are, the less your mechanics have to be good. Um, you know, because you can compensate and make up for for the lack of inefficiency mechanically. Um, you know, and if you're a tall, skinny, you know, guy that's not very strong, your mechanics better be on point. Um, you know, or else uh, you're probably not going to throw too well. So, I mean, yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that's something that I'm trying to force on over here on our side too. Is like understand, like, yeah, you want to come in, you want to get your work in, and we're working on your motion. You know, but we we really have to look attack everything, and I try like literally every every. There's a couple kids that I that really are dedicated in 12 and 13, and have big time goals for when they get to high school. Like they want to show up and start on at least JV. Like their goal is to get to varsity. And I'm like, cool. If you want to get to varsity, then we got to be honest with your velocity and everything that you're doing. Like you got to be at least throwing in the 80s to make to get attention. You know, and there come some of these kids are going to big time schools. And I've got a, a couple lefties that really have a big time chance to go out and know how to pitch, know how to train, know how to recover, and are are still have a full eighth grade year to get into it. And I'm excited to see their progress. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the earlier that you can get in and get started, I mean, obviously, the better prepared you're going to be for that. But um, yeah, I mean, around around my area, you know, if you're a freshman and you're not pumping, you know, low 80s consistently or, you know, uh, touching mid 80s, stuff like that, there's a very slim chance that you're going to be on varsity. Um, you know, you'll probably be a solid JV starter, but, you know, it's like we want to get to varsity as quickly as possible and we want to dominate varsity level competition as quickly as possible. So, um, you know, we're, we're pushing for that. Yeah, I, I there's a, uh, there's a, a podcast that I heard recently that kind of reminded me of something when you were talking like getting there as quickly as possible and then like dominating mindset. And I really like what the guy was saying. And, and basically he was saying that like, if you can dominate every aspect of your life and maybe even be able to write it down on a list and, and write your goals down and then try to make subsets of those goals of what you need to do to accomplish. And if you can not just check the box, but absolutely crush each one of those every day it's going to make it you're going to look up and you are going to be on varsity and then you are going to be going to the school you want and you're already going there and i i i think that 
the general idea of like, okay, I just want to make it to varsity or I just want to be there. Yeah. It's a great, easy idea. And it doesn't quite see, seem very obtainable to a lot of kids instead of like what you're saying, where it's like, look, if you want to start on varsity as a freshman, you need to be throwing 80 to 85. That should be a goal. Like hey, you, you're your fastball. There. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still here. Can, did I cut out on your side? Hey, you're still there. Yeah. Yeah. We're still here. I can't hear you at all. You, you can't hear me? Check, check, check. Yeah, I can hear you. Uh-oh, did we lose you? Can you hear me? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> well, this happens. Technology sometimes, it's awesome, yeah, but like it's losing. amazing. Yeah. We were, we had a good rant going there. I think I'm losing you for a second. Yo, you there? Check. I think I totally lost you, bud. Let me see. I'll send you. All right. Well, we'll keep that. Uh, we'll try to see if we can get that going again. But go go check out Zach on the bullpen pitching. We'll get this going. Um, I appreciate you guys checking in on this. We'll get this up uh, online as quickly as we can. Um, don't forget to check out my online store. Get one of these awesome hats. I really love these hats right here. Little mesh back with the baseball in the front. I haven't seen anything like this. A unique hat, guys. These are pretty sick. You can get them on my website. Also, Long Toss Legend with the Ultra Soft T-shirt. Don't forget to check out my website. we got awesome things being announced soon. You guys got anything else, feel free to DM me. Don't forget, throw hard, have fun, play baseball.